Welcome to the Anchor Podcast, offering Jesus-shaped perspectives and anchors for the soul. I'm your host, Jeremy Berg, and you can learn more about me and our ministry at kingdomharbor.com. Now let's get into today's episode. Well, hey, everybody. I am sitting here in one of those absolutely magnificently beautiful mid-September days in Minnesota. Those days when the uh, the leaves are starting to change, but you get another little boost of heat. So you're walking around in 80 degrees and the beauty of autumn settling in. Coming to you from the shores of Lake Minnetonka. Well, this week I had the privilege of teaching the Exodus story to my Bible class. And uh, a part of that teaching is to try to come to realize, enter into the experience of an oppressed people. And this is no easy matter for those of us who are people who are wealthy on the upside of power and privilege, people who are citizens of the richest, most prosperous, most powerful empires the world has ever seen. So when you read this story, some of us have a hard time entering into the experience of a people who've been enslaved for 400 years, but other people who live among us don't have to try as hard. And so I always bring out this reading by uh, Brian Zond, Pastor Brian Zond, author and sometime provocateur, has written a piece that I, I think is a helpful peace to provoke and help us to get into the fact that we read the Bible through a particular lens and we're often not aware of it. And so let me be provocative for today because the Bible, when it's unleashed to be itself, it is powerful and effective. It's sharper than a two-edged sword, cutting, piercing, convicting. And if you have a pastor or attend a church where you're never cut to the heart, as Peter says in Acts, then maybe you need to find another church and another pastor. These words should not just comfort 100% of the time. They should call us to a higher way. And at the heart of our faith is humbling ourselves, repenting of our blindness and growing in a knowledge of God, and an awareness of other people's experience. So here it is. It's called My Problem with the Bible by Brian Zond. I have a problem with the Bible. Here's my problem. I read it as an ancient Egyptian. I'm a comfortable Babylonian. I'm a Roman in his villa. That's my problem. You see, I'm trying to read the Bible for all it's worth but I'm not a Hebrew slave suffering in Egypt. I'm not a conquered Judean deported to Babylon. I'm not a first century Jew living under Roman occupation. No, I'm a citizen of a superpower. I was born among the conquerors. I live in the empire. But I want to read the Bible and think it's talking to me. And this is a problem. One of the most remarkable things about the Bible is that it 
in it, we find the narrative told from the perspective of the poor, the oppressed, the enslaved, the conquered, the occupied, the defeated. This is what makes it prophetic. We know that history is written by the winners. This is true, except in the case of the Bible, it's the opposite. This is the subversive genius of the Hebrew prophets. They wrote from a bottom-up perspective. Imagine a history of colonial America written by Cherokee Indians and African slaves. That would be a different way of telling the story. And that's what the Bible does. It's the story of Egypt told by the slaves. The story of Babylon told by the exiles. The story of Rome told by the occupied. Well, what about those brief moments when Israel appeared to be on top? Well, in those cases, the prophets told Israel's story from the perspective of the peasant poor as a critique of the royal elite of Israel. Like when Amos denounced the wives of the Israelite aristocracy as the, quote, fat cows of Bashan. See, every story is told from a vantage point. It has a bias. The bias of the Bible, friends, is that is told from the vantage point of the underclass. But what happens if we lose sight of the prophetically subversive vantage point of the Bible? What happens if those on top read themselves into the story? Not as imperial Egyptians, Babylonians, and Romans, but as the Israelites. That's when you get the bizarre phenomenon of the elite and entitled using the Bible to endorse their dominance as God's will. This is Roman Christianity after Constantine. This is Christendom on crusade. This is colonists seeing America as their promised land and the native inhabitants as Canaanites to be conquered. This is the whole history of European colonialism. This is Jim Crow. This is the American prosperity gospel. This is the domestication of scripture. This is making the Bible dance a jig for our own amusement. As Jesus preached the arrival of the kingdom of God, he would frequently emphasize the revolutionary character of God's reign by saying things like, the last will be first and the first last. How does Jesus' last first aphorism strike you? I don't know about you, but it makes this modern day Roman a bit nervous. Imagine this. A powerful, charismatic figure arrives on the world scene and amasses a great following by announcing the arrival of the new arrangement of the world, where those at the bottom are to be promoted, and those on top are to have their lifestyle, quote, restructured. How do people receive this? I can imagine the Bangladeshis saying, when do we start? And the Americans saying, hold on now, let's not get carried away. Now think about Jesus announcing the arrival of God's kingdom with the proclamation of his counterintuitive beatitudes. When Jesus said, blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth, how was that received? Well, it depends on who is hearing it. The poor Galilean peasant would hear it as good news, gospel, while the Roman in his villa would hear it with deep suspicion. I know it's an anachronism, but I can imagine Claudius saying something like, this sounds like socialism to me. And that's the challenge I face in reading the Bible. I'm not the Galilean peasant. Who am I kidding? I'm the Roman in his villa. 
and I need to be honest about it. I too can hear the gospel of the kingdom as good news, because it is, but first I need to admit its radical nature and not try to tame it to endorse my inherited entitlement. I'm a relatively wealthy white American male, which is fine, but it means I have to work hard at reading the Bible right. I have to see myself basically as aligned with Pharaoh, Nebuchadnezzar, and Caesar. In that case, what does the Bible ask of me? Voluntary poverty? Not necessarily, but certainly the Bible calls me to deep humility. A humility demonstrated in hospitality and generosity. There's nothing necessarily wrong with being a relatively well-off white American male. But I better be humble, hospitable, and generous. If I read the Bible with the appropriate perspective and humility, I don't use the story of the rich man and Lazarus as a proof text to condemn others to hell. No. I use it as a reminder that I'm a rich man and Lazarus lies at my door. My door. I don't use the conquest narratives of Joshua to justify manifest destiny. Instead, I see myself as a Rahab who needs to welcome newcomers. I don't fancy myself as Elijah calling down fire from heaven. I'm more like Nebuchadnezzar, who needs to humble himself lest I go insane. I have a problem with the Bible. But all is not lost. I just need to read it standing on my head. I need to change my perspective. If I can accept that the Bible is trying to lift up those who are unlike me, then perhaps I can begin to read the Bible right. Well, friends, that's this piece by Brian Zond. Provocative, thoughtful, stimulating, I hope. In this moment where many are on edge whenever anything about race and equality comes up, to those who see some boogeyman of CRT, critical race theory, hiding behind every bush, threatening to bring some communist overthrow of our American freedom, I would just urge you to pause and reflect that this is not trying to make us feel guilty, those who us who live on the upside of power and privilege. It's only to help us understand the Bible is often written, most often written, from another perspective. And our call is to hear the cry of the oppressed as God did in the Exodus story, and to humble ourselves and to use our power and privilege in service to those who need us. So grace and peace to you. And can I invite you to join us as we launch our fall series, watching The Chosen television series every Sunday night at 5 p.m. at St. Martin's by the Lake here. And you can look for follow-up podcast episodes every Tuesday, reflecting on the episode we just watched. So this next Tuesday, look for the first episode in our series on The Chosen. We'll see you soon. Grace and peace.